This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN New York. The rain has gone away. Oh, what a beautiful Sunday it is. Here at 98.7 FM, Larry Hardesty, grateful to be with you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via X, formerly Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Tom and Harvey along the way for the next couple of hours. Oh, yes, we have company coming. We have company. Pat Ragazzo will join us at the bottom of the hour. I want to see what's going on with this Mets situation. Am I going to be appreciating Pete Alonso around, or will I be... Having to, you know, maybe see him in another uniform. We'll see what Pat Ragazzo has to say. There's some moves that the Mets have made as well. They are the early game. They are the Peacock game today. So they will be underway in a couple of minutes. And at 2 o'clock, Jay Bromley will stop by and he will chronicle last night's Jets-Giants game. Now, we'll talk about Jets-Giants in the next hour. I want to get some uh, baseball out of the way with you at 1-800-919-3776 because I know you want to talk a little bit before we turn our attention to football and what Aaron Rodgers did last night and the Jets and the Giants and Mekhi Becton and so on and so forth. But let me begin with the New York Mets. And listen, do I understand that this season is over? Absolutely. Do I understand that there is nothing really, that really there's nothing to root for but to see how the young players come up and to get a peek at some of the roster decisions that Steve Cohen and whomever is going to be, I guess Billy Epler will be an advisor to the new person whenever that new person comes around. And to just see how, you know, what the team is going to look like going forward. There's a couple of things I already know. First, Carlos Carrasco cannot be on this team next year. I don't think he deserves another start. But it's emblematic of the situation, and Pat Ragazzo will talk about that at the bottom of the hour, that the Mets are facing, that they have to still trot him out there every fourth or fifth day because they really don't have the depth in starting pitching in the minors. He was awful yesterday. And listen, he's been a nice guy. He was, uh, we knew he was really a throw-in with Lindor. And... We understood that, you know, veteran, he, he would give you something. It looks like he's got nothing left. I mean, he got hit early and often yesterday, booed off the field, uh, didn't finish getting out of the second inning. So I know he can't come back. The other thing I'm really curious about, and that is for the rest of this season and going forward to next season, what is the rule? about Mets getting hit and no retaliation. And once again, do I understand that it is ridiculous, it's ludicrous, that for me, a pitcher hits my batter and I go up and I hit somebody else who didn't hit him because the pitchers don't bat anymore. All right, so you can't really retaliate against that pitcher. Peter Alonso got hit again. I mean, how many times is Peter Alonso going to get, how many times are the Mets going to get hit, A, and B, how many times is Peter Alonso going to continue to get hit and nothing happens? Okay, he's been hit 17 times. And this time in the neck. And yeah, the benches came off and whatnot and guys have his back and we know that. Thank God he doesn't have a concussion. But there's got to be some type of retaliation here. I mean, you cannot continue to hit my guys and, and there's no retribution. 
Because you know what that means? They're going to continue to get hit. Because I'm not worried. Now, I'm not saying that he was hit intentionally. I mean, that, I mean, the pitcher looked like he was really, you know, upset. Now, if he's playing it off, he did a heck of a job. But he looked like he did, you know, it was something like he didn't really intend. The ball got away from him. But once again, like, what, what are we doing? When are we going to have some retaliation for the way people are treating Pete Alonso, who is a leader on this team? So that's number one. Number two, I'm really getting more and more concerned that the Mets may be moving on from him. And while I understand they have another year before they have to deal with his contract extension and whatnot, and while I understand that from a numerical sabermetric lens, he may not be the guy that you want to tie a eight, nine, ten year contract to. I get it. Yankee fans understand when they look at Giancarlo Stanton. And some fear from some Yankee fans about how Aaron Judge is going to age. And I get that Pete is could be a person model-wise that's going to not fare well 34, 35. I get it. But it's hard for me as a Met fan to see him. It will be hard for me to see him in another uniform, to be honest. Now, I, I understand that if they make that move, they will get a substantial haul for Pete Alonso. I get that. I know they will. They will get a lot back for him. But, you know, if you're wooing, let's say you're wooing Otani to what life would be like here if you sign him as a free agent. Because we understand that Steve Cohen is the guy who can spend the most amount of money for him. Doesn't mean he will, but he could. And not, you know, it wouldn't bother him that much. But you need to have players in place. And would he look great in the lineup with Lindor and, and, and Alonzo? Absolutely, Otani would. That would be the length. That would be the length in that lineup that you need. That would be the ultimate DH, right, in that Met lineup for a bat that you've been looking for to lengthen that lineup and to put more another home run bat in there to protect Alonzo. But if you move Alonzo, is that attraction still there? And just what is the philosophy of this Met team going forward as far as protocols in place for, you know, how we're going to, what kind of team are we looking for? Are we looking for what baseball seems to be uh, moving towards now, which is athletic team, athletic players who make contact? Yeah, they hit home runs, but it's not about, it's not solely about exit velo. It's not solely, you know, it's not solely about that. It's not solely about launch angle. It's now closer to maybe not average wise, but getting back to what baseball has been speed, stealing bases, manufacturing runs. I'm not saying that people are not going to hit home runs anymore. That's not what I mean. But I mean that it's not home run or bust. It's more of contact, athleticism. Let's make some runs. Let's see what we can do. Let's not rely on the home run, but we need to have the home run available for us because ultimately when you are in, when you play in the postseason, it's about manufacturing runs, but it's also about hitting big home runs 
in key moments against great pitchers because they don't always make the same mistakes. Okay, they don't always um, give up consecutive hits. It's not we're gonna go. We're not gonna have five, six hits in a row. You don't find that in the postseason. You find sometimes it's it's a mistake that that's hit out of the ballpark, and maybe it's a runner on base, and that's what you're hoping for. So that's what is that what the Mets are looking for in their lineup going forward? That's going to be the question. Uh, Vientos is back. That's good. I want to see what he can do over the rest of the year. Brett Beatty, I would like to see him back. I want to see what he can do over the rest of the year. Uh, Alvarez is locked in for me. I'm good. He's, he's sold me. And there's some other guys who uh, you're looking at on this team that will be able to make a, a contribution. That's what this season is for now. That's what it is. It's really looking to the future to see who stays on this team and who leaves on this team. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, we'll hear from Buck Showalter and Francisco Lindor and you. It's the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. I don't think this is the avenue where you talk about that out publicly. So it's a tough game played by tough men and other levels women. So, you know, I have some very personal thoughts about it, and I think you know me well enough that uh, we're all very frustrated by what's going on with Pete. For a while, he's leading baseball and hit by pitches. Certainly, uh, I don't really want to hear about a product of how they pitch him. You know, you take a ball and then the neck or, you know, not happy about it. Not happy at all. But what happens about it? Hardesty on a Sunday on 98.7 ESPN, and that was Buck Showalter was asked, Last night after the game, are you going to retaliate? And he says, well, I'm not going to say that publicly. And I agree. I understand that. He's not going to. Why would he do? Then it's premeditated. Then, you know. But it's clear something needs to happen to protect Met players, period, especially Pete Alonso. Here's more from Showalter on Pete Alonso's hit by pitch. What else about the tests? I don't think so, but uh, they seem to be pretty uh, satisfied with the early concussion protocol, and he seems to be, you know, we might have got lucky again. But how many times can he be lucky? I just, you know, I, I really don't want to hear. I'll leave it alone right now. Talk to me tomorrow. Yeah, you can see he was a little, he, he was a little ticked. And listen, do you, do you, it's baseball. Hit in the butt, hit on the fleshy part of the arm, that's expected. When you start talking about head, now you're talking about a player's livelihood and career. And that's nothing to joke about. His Francisco Lindor said, we love Pete, we'll always have his back. It goes both ways, you know. We have hit people too, you know, not on purpose. It's one of those where balls is coming out of their pitcher's hands. I don't know how many times we have got hit intentionally. Well, last year we knew, like, okay, that one was a little bit more malicious. This one was with, with a curveball. I know 100% that was not inten- intentional. You know, we have hit guys where we hit on breaking balls as well. So I understand Pete's reaction. I will always back him up. I stand by him. It's one of those where you don't want it to happen, but it got hit here. I mean, if, if you touch yourself in that area and you, you're not expecting it, someone touch you in that area, your first reaction is like, what's happening, you know? So that one was unfortunate. It, hopefully it doesn't continue to happen. We're just trying to be safe out there. We're trying to be safe, and I stand by Pete no matter what. Absolutely. And I understand what Lindor is saying. Yes, it's off speed. It's it's not the pitch. It's the location of the pitch that got Pete Alonso messed up, upset, and it's happened a lot. 
You get tired of getting hit. <laughs> he's number two overall in baseball. 17 times he's been hit. He's been hit on the wrist. He's been hit in the neck. He's been hit every part of his body. And, you know, you just need to see when when the thing's going to change. When is it going to be a situation where he's somebody backs him up? That's the question. Spike is in St. Pete. Hey, Spike, start us off on the Larry Hardesty Show. Hey, Larry, thanks for getting me on. Number one, uh, every time I think of getting hit, I go back to Rico Petroselli, you know, the career end. Of, did you, were you too young for that? I don't remember it, no. It might have been a little bit. It was on the, it was on the cover. He was with the Red Sox, a uh, prominent uh, shortstop, great power, got hits. It was, well, it was, I think it was on the cover of Time Magazine, too, if I remember, a long, long time ago. And it hit him right, you know, it was like Giancarlo got hit that time. Mm. And uh, if it's a breaking ball, you know, you played ball, too. And getting hit, uh, when the Mets started, that a guy named Ron Hunt before your time, and he led the majors getting hit. He tried to get hit. He was a little guy, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's the Mets get hit an inordinate amount of time. But real quick, going back to your uh, monologue, your opening statement, uh, look, the Mets have – what's the difference if they were four out now? It would be a little more exciting. Look what mm-hmm. Scherzer's doing now. Second time you struck out. To Look, right. So, you know, this guy is the right owner because I don't know if they'll trade Alonzo or not. You know, that's a risky proposition. But they really stunk it up, and the Yankees really stunk it up. You have two last-place teams. Probably, if you added the two payrolls up together, they more than the next four, you know? <laughs> and both baseball teams, and, and ironically, it appears – it appears with a question mark that the Jets and the Giants will exceed the, you know, you don't never know. You just never know. Because I thought, I said to Harvey, is it overkill with, uh, I'm going to say Brett Fulop every time. I don't, I got I a block Aaron on that. Rogers. I got you. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. On that first play when he rolled out on the, on the third down call, mm-hmm. and he stumbled a little bit and tripped yeah. the mute. You saw that, right? Yes, Did you yes. get that feeling? You know, he like the, that's a new field there, is it? Yes, that it new is. surface. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, they have, a, it. Have, a, have, yeah have a great show, Larry. Thanks for getting me. Up. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Yeah, it is a new surface, and I think that's the other reason why they wanted to make sure that he got out there and everybody got out there so they would understand what that, uh, you know, how that new surface plays. But once again, we'll talk a little football next hour. But yeah, that's that's the look. This in this season of what might have been. There's no doubt that Scherzer and Verlander. Well, Verlander was on the precipice of really putting some consecutive, really good starts together, and you could see that. Scherzer was not, and and I'm at a loss. I don't know whether he's uh, almost done or or I mean, when he was here, I'm like, is he almost done? Is it is it the injuries that have caught up with him? Is what is it? Well, he's rolling in Texas. He's he's having a ball. He is performing like vintage Scherzer, and so you know, it makes you wonder what happened here. It just makes you wonder what happened with this team overall this year. I mean, because once again, it's predominantly the same team. It's predominantly same guys coming back. And to a person, they all have underachieved. But the folks who came back, they all have underachieved. It's it's amazing to see. Now, Lindor has caught fire a little bit. Alonzo's been good. McNeil is 
been better. But this was after they didn't do anything at the trade deadline in August. And they were right not to do anything because the team wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, they put together a little streaky. Like, see, uh-huh, this is what happens. Have we done, see, look at this. Have we not made the deal? But, but you can't go that way. They did the right thing. Is it tough to watch? Well, not this weekend because you're looking at Otani and there's been, you know, the fan, the, the stands are, are, are big because they want to see him. And you get to see him up close and personal. And so you've got, you know, pretty, pretty decent crowds. But it's not going to be like that going forward. And it's okay. But the question becomes, what will they do next season? What, what type of team are we looking at? Who are going to be some of the young players? Will there be other young players coming up? That's going to give you some hope about what this team is going to look like going forward. That's, that's the question. I mean, you know, you talk about possibly moving Peter Alonso. I mean, this guy is what number five in Met history and home runs. He's been here. What? Four years, four or five years. Not even <laughs> right. And he's number five. Once again, and Met fans know this. When you look at the history of this franchise, the, the franchise has been known for developing pitchers. This has been, that's what this franchise has been known for. Going all the way back, it's like pitchers, pitchers. That's what they normally do a great job at. Hitting, not so much. <laughs> Hitting has not been one of their strengths. So now you have a homegrown talent in Pete Alonso, who, you know, is, is a guy who hits and hits with power. And so there's got to be something that you can do as far as extending it. And I get the years ago. Remember, remember my philosophy. It's always, it's not the money, it's the years. Now, of course, from a player's standpoint, he wants the years because that protects him. That's longevity. That protects him. Okay? From the owner's standpoint, they want, you know, they want production. What is he going to be going forward? Is it, I'm not paying him for what he's done. I'm paying him for what I think he will continue to do or can do moving forward. And so that question is, you know, you got to wonder. If I give him a eight-year deal, is, he, is it going to be bad? How bad will it be at the end? Whereas if I give him more money, but I give him a five-year deal with an option for, you know, at the end of the fifth year to do something else, well, you know, maybe we can do something here. Interesting. We'll see what Pat Regazzo has to say. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. We've been talking New York Mets. Let's continue that conversation as we have our first guest of the day. Pat Regazzo does a tremendous job covering the Mets for SI.com. Pat? Good Sunday afternoon, my friend. How are you? I'm great, Larry. Thanks so much for having me on. My pleasure. Pat, uh, I'm a little concerned as a Met fan, Pat. I'm concerned about what's going to happen to my guy, Pete Alonzo. So I got several layers here. First, let's talk about him getting hit again and why this team doesn't seem to retaliate. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, he was hit again in the back of the neck this time. Uh, he leads the league in hit-by-pitches this year. 
Um, the Mets as a whole has, have led the league in hit by pitches since last year, since the beginning of last year. Of course, Mark Canna got clunked a bunch of times last season as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Buck Showalter has been asked about this several times about retaliation, and um, it's just not something he believes in or stands for, and it's not something – um, you know, that, that the Mets are going to do and, and, and haven't done up until this point. Um, but, yeah, it is, it is kind of getting, uh, you know, out of hand, the amount that they've been hit, especially Pete Alonzo. It's a little surprising for me, though, Pat, because well, Buck Showalter is kind of an old-school guy. And, you know, normally they even, even if they're not throwing at, they're moving, they're making you a little uncomfortable around the plate. So I know he doesn't believe in it, but I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little surprised that he doesn't, quite frankly. Yeah, it is. It is a little surprising because, yeah, of course, Buck is an old school guy. Um, I think uh, his Orioles teams had so many dust ups with the Yankees in the 2010s that uh, <laughs> maybe he's just tired of uh, of bench clearing brawls. I mean, the bench is cleared last night, but uh, it was kind of anticlimactic. And um, and and yeah, uh, for whatever reason, uh, the the Mets pitchers haven't even been pitching close to the batters to make them uncomfortable after uh, you know after the guys get hit. Pat. Uh, a lot of conversation that came out after the news of Milwaukee making a serious pitch towards, or depending on who you hear from, in acquiring Peter Alonso. Is this something we can expect? Is this a possibility of him being moved? Is it a scenario where, okay, we don't know, he doesn't, we do, he's going to want a long-term deal, seven, eight, nine years, and in today's math and sabermetrician and analytics, he will not age well at the tail end of a seven, eight-year contract. Are they really thinking about moving him? Yeah, so um, they, of course, they had talks with the Milwaukee Brewers, and a Brewers person said they were within field goal range. So I guess they were they thought they were pretty close, and uh, Mets people say that that's not true, that, that they were not close to dealing Alonzo. Um, it was pretty surprising because you don't, I mean, the Brewers are, they're not like a big market powerhouse. Like you, a trade for Pete Alonso is just, you know, it's kind of like a big splash. And it, and it, it was a little surprising that, that they were, um, you know, that, that was something that they were pursuing. Um, I think the Mets were more so just listening. Um, I, I do am still in my gut and my heart tells me that um, the Mets are going to lock up Pete Alonso long-term that he's, you know, he's a franchise cornerstone player. Nobody has more home runs and RBIs since he entered the league in 2019. Um, I just think that there's no way that they can trade this guy unless they're absolutely blown away. But I mean, you're trying when you're making that trade, you're trying to get a Pete Alonso in that trade. So um, you know he's still relatively young. He's he's 28 years old, and um, I, I think now is the time uh, this off season to to work out an extension with him. And of course, if they can't then that's when you start, you know, talking trade and, and getting a little more serious about that. And and if he does get traded, it's it's going to wind up, of course, being this winter because, you know, it's ahead of his uh, of his contract year. So um, I, I'm leaning towards um, Pete Alonso getting a long-term extension and, and staying a Met for his career as opposed to them trading him. I, ju- I just don't see it. I'm hoping not, Pat. <laughs> I enjoy watching him out at City Field all the time. Uh, your thoughts now on length of con? We know Steve Cohen. We understand he loves to spend money. That that's that's the thought process, right? Uh, so is it? Will he choose 
money over years or will he choose years over money in the sense of will he try to lock him up, as you say, long term, seven, eight, nine, 10 years? Or will he say, you know what, Let, let's shoot for six or seven. All right. That brings him up to 35. And then we'll, you know, examine him and see where he is after we get to that point. Whereas on Pete Alonso's side, of course, Pat, he's going to want the longest, longest term deal in years he can get. Right. And uh, historically, since Steve Cohen took over at the helm, he's preferred to give, um, you know, high AAV and, and short-term deals. And I just don't think that that's going to be the deal that Pete gets. I think it is going to be a seven, eight, nine, ten 10-year deal that he's going to get. Maybe potentially, you know, in the 250, 300 range. Um, again, this has been – this is one of the best power hitters in the game – um, and, and if the Mets lose him, it's, it's like, how are they going to replace that power? They, they don't have that power source beyond Alonzo in their lineup, and, and that's very hard to replace. Um, so, yeah, so I think that, um, you know, his, his deal, what we're looking at, is, is probably going to be a, a longer-term deal. And, and he's going to get the money. He's going to get a lot of money, of course, and high uh, average annual value. But, um, yeah, I, I think that that's more likely, obviously, than, than a shorter-term deal with, with high high amount of money. Pat is my guest. Pat, uh, your thoughts on Shohei Otani being here this weekend and now with the injury and him not pitching, is he more attractive because he might cost less? And how are the Mets trying to woo him to let him know that they would really love him here to be in the lineup with Lindor and Alonzo? Well, yeah, so he's, He's here this weekend, and, and it's exciting, obviously. I mean, it's disappointing that um, not only he was not scheduled to pitch, but he can't pitch now for who knows how long because he's a torn UCL. Um, but he's still a dynamic hitter. Um, and I'm not sure how much cheaper he would be in free agency. I think he's still going to get a, a ridiculous contract and, and something we've never seen before um, because, you know, he's, he's going to get the surgery most likely and be able to pitch again in the future and, um, you know, that's obviously highly valuable, but, but so is his bat. And he's, he's a premier, uh, you know, middle of the order hitter. And, um, you know, the Mets, the Mets are, are going to, they, the Mets said that they're not going to spend like they've spent the last few off seasons, but, um, they probably are still going to pursue Otani in some way, shape or form and, and try and, you know, lure him here and make it an attractive destination. Of course, he knows Kodai Sanga. They're friendly with each other from their days playing in Japan. And, uh, obviously, Otani paired with Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor in the middle of the lineup would be a, would be a pretty good uh, middle of the order for the Mets. So, um, yeah, I think they're going to try and go for him. Uh, but I think the team to watch really um, is, is the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, mm-hmm. for Otani. I mean, they didn't spend this offseason, and they're still having a great year. Uh, you know, everything that they seem to do works out. It's like the Atlanta Braves. Um, uh, but, uh, but I think that uh, Otani wants to stay on the West Coast. Is, is everything that we've heard, and um, the Dodgers have the money and the bandwidth to uh, to, to get him there. They're an attractive, they're a very attractive destination, and uh, yeah, that's that's probably even though he can't pitch in the beginning, uh, he'll he'll probably um, you know he would be a great addition to that Dodger lineup, and um, you know would be a great hitter. There's no question about that, Pat. You made an interesting statement there when you said that Steve Cohen is not going to spin next year like he did this year. Is he? Has, what, did, what has this year taught him, uh, or these first two years, what have they taught him to make some adjustments in his thought process as far as trying to, quote, buy, unquote, a World Series championship? Probably that you can't. 
you can't buy a World Series championship in most cases. Uh, you can't just throw money at problems and deficiencies. I mean, the Mets uh, need to get their farm system right. They need to. That's what they try to do with making all these trades at the deadline and. Um, you know, they're trying to build up their system and improve their player development. And, and that's really where World Series are born. It's just through, you know, through your farm system and through your player development. And um, I, I think Steve Cohen, the lesson he learned, obviously, uh, you know, is, is money, money can't buy championships. And, uh, you know, he, he needs to invest more in, in player development in the farm system and, and, and kind of, you know, get that on track. And, um, you know, his statement about, winning a world series in three to five years, um, he's learning the hard way that that's, uh, you know, that that's a very short term window. And, uh, you know, it, 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 in most cases takes longer than that. Pat, uh, I'm a little concerned I'm speaking of the minor league system about the lack of starters in that minor league system. And the reason why I say that is because if there were starters that were close to being ready for the majors, I would think in my humble opinion, that uh, Carlos Carrasco wouldn't have to go out there and take it on the chin the way he has the past couple of outings. Uh, your thoughts on the Met starters that are here right now going forward with who could be coming back? Obviously, I would think Quintana would come back. That's one that comes to mind right away, Singer, of course. But who else above those two you think will come back? And what is the situation with starters down on the farm? Yeah, so obviously Kodai Senga and Jose Quintana are they're a guarantee. They're both guarantees to be in the rotation next year. And then it gets a little dicey. I mean, the Mets are going to have to fill some holes. They, I think they learned that um, David Peterson and Tyler McGill probably aren't the answer. Um, they tried to develop these guys and, and just, they both, um, you know, have hit a snag in their developments. And um, I, I think that, uh, you know, on the farm, they do have some good pitchers actually, surprisingly, um, you know, it doesn't get talked about a lot, but they have guys like Mike Vassell and Tyler Stewart and, a couple other guys who, uh, you know, Blade Tidwell, um, you know, who will be ready in the next year or two. And, um, you know, I think they're, they're counting on at least one or two of those guys to, to come up and crack the big league rotation, uh, you know, whether it be next year, some, at some point next season or the following season. Um, but they're, they're most likely going to have to dip into free agency or make a trade um, to, to acquire some starting pitching um, in the offseason. And there are a good amount of, starting pitchers who are going to be available, you know, whether it be Jack Flaherty or uh, Snell, um, you know, there, there are some guys, Lucas Giolito, there, there are some guys who, who are available who could potentially be had in free agency. So um, yeah, there's, there's holes there in the rotation and um, you know, the, they're, they're going to have to fill those, you know, by spending money, even though, uh, you know, they said they don't want to spend like the drunken sailors that they have been the last two years, but um, you know, between that and, uh, you know, there are, there are a couple guys on the farm who are a little underrated who, uh, you know, who should be up, uh, you know, not before long. Pat, let's stay down there. Uh, obviously, Vientos is, is back in the lineup today. It's good to see him after the tendonitis and the rest. He's at third. Uh, Beatty, uh, Alvarez has been fantastic. Let's look at some of the hitters that we can expect to come up uh, that could make a difference next year. Well, yeah, I mean, Beatty is a guy who, um, you know, he got the third base job this year and, and he, he struggled immensely. And, um, you know, he's gone back down to AAA and he's, he's hit very well since he's gone down there. So um, I think he'll be back. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously you have Alvarez coming back. Al- Alvarez, you know, has had a, an, a bit of an up and down rookie year. Uh, he's had some hot months. He's had some cold months. He's, he's in the midst of a, a very cold month right now. Um, but that's just, you know, that's part of uh, – of developing and 
um, you know, Mike Piazza said it the other day, actually, that, uh, you know, he's glad that Francisco Alvarez is going through these struggles because that's, you know, that's what builds character and, you know, going through adversity as a young hitter in the league and it's only going to make him better. So, so yeah, so, you know, Alvarez and Beatty will probably be on this team next year, of course. And, um, you know, I think they're, they're not giving up on Gantos yet. You know, he hasn't done much at the big league level to this point. Um, but then you look at Luis Angel Acuna, who's, um, you know, he's in double A and he's, he's hitting very well and he doesn't have as much power as his brother, but he, he seems like a, you know, an exciting player and, uh, you know, he could potentially help next year uh, as well. I think he's probably the closest, um, you know, out of all the guys who they inquired. Um, but, you know, they, they do have some other guys too, like, uh, you know, Ronnie Mauricio, who I think everybody's surprised that mm-hmm. he hasn't made his major league debut yet. Um, but, you know, I would expect to see him, you know, at some point next year. Uh, Luke Ritter had 27 home runs in AAA this year. And um, you, they, they have Drew Gilbert at AA as well, the guy who they, one of the guys they acquired in the Verlander trade. So, uh, yeah, you know, they have some young hitters coming up, and, uh, you know, they should be able to contribute at the big league level, you know, as early as next year. A couple more for you, Pat. Obviously, everybody's been thinking that David Stearns is going to be the guy that's going to be running this front office organization from, from Milwaukee uh, going forward. Uh, personally, I'm a little, I'm a Theo Epstein guy, um, Pat, but I understand if you want part of the franchise, which has been rumored that he wants, it, it might cause you to take a step back. Uh, what's the, how certain are we about Stearns and what's the game plan if at the last minute he says no? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, he's going to be free out of his contract after this year. Um, obviously, he's the next top target to be the president of baseball operations. They've wanted him for a couple of years now. They've been denied, uh, you know, interview requests, um, you know, by uh, Mark Antanasio, the Brewers owner. Um, and, and yeah, there there is a possibility that he says no to the job. I mean, there, there are rumors that, um, you know, Stearns took a step back in his role in, in Milwaukee because – uh, you know, his, he was experiencing burnout. So, um, you know, it's possible that he doesn't want to take the, the job with the Mets. Um, so, and, and if that happens, uh, you know, you probably have to go and try for Theo Epstein. But yet, like you mentioned, there's complications there because um, there's also rumors that, that he wants to stake in the franchise if, if he were to take that job. If it's Stearns, how, what is, do we have an idea of what his philosophy is? Uh, Pat, what kind of club are we looking towards him trying to transform this Met ball club into? Well, I just think he's a guy who he he succeeds with limited resources. It's not like they had, you know, a very high payroll in Milwaukee, and he's put together some some playoff teams, some winning teams over the years. Um, so I think that that works to the advantage of you know the Mets, obviously, and the Mets have money to spend. Um, so. I think that, uh, you know, you'll kind of be getting the best of both worlds with Stearns where he doesn't have to break the bank to, you know, put a winning team on the field, but also he can spend the money because it's there. So, um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, this guy's just a really good architect, you know, for building contending baseball teams. Pat, thanks for a couple of minutes on this Sunday afternoon, my friend. We'll talk again soon. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me. All right, that's Pat Regasso. We'll get your thoughts on his thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty on a Sunday on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Just finished chatting with Pat Ragazzo of SI.com. Hey, don't miss Jim Jeffries. 
Give them what they want tour with two shows at the Beacon Theater. It takes place on Thursday, November 2nd and Friday, November 3rd. Tickets are on sale now at jimjeffries.com. And <laughs> in my hands right here, I've got a pair of tickets. See, Jim Jeffries got a pair of tickets. Keep it locked right here for your chance to score them later in the show. Before we leave at three, I will give them away. All right. 1-800-919-3776. Uh, let's go to Brian in the car. What's up, Brian? Hey, Larry. How you doing? I'm doing great, my friend. What's happening? Good. L- listen, you know, I'm not only a big fan of yours, but mm-hmm. I really don't like how you started out the show today. I'm sorry. I, I think it's radio malpractice, to be honest. Really? Why? I mean... The only thing that anybody cares about right now in New York is that Jets-Giants game last night. Are we going to talk about and it? You start out with a dead-in-the-water Mets team? That's how you lead off the show? Well, Brian, I mean, I'm sorry that you didn't like it. Um, thanks for the phone call. But um, listen, I, I thought that uh, talking about the Mets ahead of a preseason game was a good piece. Just to get an idea because of Pete Alonso getting hit last night. And some of the other things that were going on with the Mets. So I thought we'd start it out that way. Sorry you didn't like it. But, uh, you know, you're not on staff and I didn't have to consult you. So it's okay. 1-800-919-3776. Pat Ragazzo made some interesting statements. Maybe not to Brian, but to me. And I'm going to be, it's going to be curious to see just what this team looks like going forward. Just what uh, this team is going to be going forward. And if they're not, now they'll spend some money, they'll have to because of the situation with, um, you know, their pitching staff. So they're going to have to do something free agent wise because the pitchers just aren't, you know, the, the staff is not deep. The staff's not deep enough. So that's the issue. But I am going to be curious to see what happens. And the other thing is, <laughs> did you hear his thought process about David Stearns? taking a step back because it was coming burnt out. That's not good. That's not good at all. Not at all. So, uh, and, you know, I was just curious, but what is plan B? Is it Theo Epstein? Who would be the next choice? Would they have to keep Epler and do something else? Ah, it's crazy. It's crazy to see which way they're going to go. So um, it is it is fascinating for me. I am curious to see just what they're going to do going forward. Quickly, before we turn our attention to football at the top of the hour, um, look, the situation with the Yankees has been well documented all week. All right. Uh, Brian Cashman made, had the press conference, which clearly I'm sure he didn't want to do. I'm sure that was Hal Steinbrenner telling him you need to speak and say something the way the team is playing. Uh, they've split with Tampa this weekend, but really it's, it's, it's the same old story with them. Okay. They have to find a way to get this team better in the offseason. They've got to do some things to turn it around. They have to really investigate how they can marginally build on this team to get them more athletic in key spots and hold on because they've got roster uh, contractual roster moves that they can't move. Okay. They can't do it. They, they just can't. So that's the way they're going to go. 
they're going to have to find a way to make the, to improve with this team. And if they continue, which, which is clearly, if they continue the way they're going, which is still last place in the East, under 500 in the East, I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a, a boring September up at Yankee Stadium. Like it's going to be a boring September at City Field. And really, you're just going to look at kids and see what the kids are able to do. And when you have bad teams, that's what August, that's not supposed to be August, but that's really what September's about. You get a peek at the young kids. You get a peek at what's happening, what could be in the future, what could not be in the future. And then the tricky thing with both teams is, okay, so they're younger and they look good, but how will that translate over a full season? How does that translate? How do you, so the self-scouting is so important for both these teams. It's really about the self-scouting. Self-scouting. How good are they? Can they handle can they handle New York? Can they handle being here every day? Can they handle adversity? All right? And and you heard what Regazzo said, uh, quoting Piazza about Alvarez. Hey, you know what? You you learn that it's not great all the time. You learn that it's a situation that's okay, it's 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 a struggle. It's a it's a long season. It's the consistency that matters. It's what you want to do, how you handle it, how you handle the ups and downs. The hard work stays the same. And so for a young player, you, you thrive on that confidence, right? You thrive on the fact that I figured it out now. I figured it out. And just when you think you figured it out, that's when you hit that pothole. <laughs> and after you hit that pothole, it's like, oh, my goodness, just when I thought I had figured it out, I haven't. So now let me figure out a, another way to get through it. Let me figure out a different way how to handle things. All right? And so that's what both these baseball teams have to do with their young players. And it will be fascinating to see how they handle it. When we return, hour number two of the Larry Hardesty Show, we will tackle the Jets and Giants preseason game last night. Did you like what you saw from Aaron Rodgers? And were you concerned when he stumbled? That's next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.